1: Welcome to a new episode of Fame and Fortune and Everything That Goes With it, the Fans First Sports Network College Football Feeds podcast talking about all things college football playoff rankings and Heisman Trophy. Jamie, we are going to have to kind of like change our format moving forward because normally what we do is, is we spend most of our time talking about our own personal top four in the college football world but starting next week, we're going to have the actual college football playoff rankings. So I feel like we might have to change our format a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think we might have to pivot based on that. But also like if this past weekend was any indication, we might still just be in for like a whole bunch of chaos for the rest of the season. So who even knows? (laughs)
1: Who knows? Who knows is very true. Um, anyway, my name is Matt Tamanini. I am joined by Jamie Yurich. How we do things here on Fame and Fortune and everything that goes with it is we first, for now, talk about who we think are the top four teams in college football. Then we next try to predict who we believe the final four teams in the final college football playoff ranking will be before the playoffs begin. And then we run through who our Heisman trophy front runners are. It's not necessarily like who we think is going to get an invite. It's just who are the people who are putting themselves into the conversation to be a part of that awards race down the stretch. I would imagine, Jamie, similar to with the college football playoff rankings coming out next week, like, as we get into November, we might have to start, like, narrowing it down and saying, like, we each pick four people who we think will be the finalists. And then we go from there. And obviously, there'll be overlap. Sometimes there won't be. But now that we're getting into, like, the real home stretch, the final, what, five weeks of the of the season, um, we're going to have to kind of start, like, putting our money where our mouth is and not just like making things up willy nilly and me putting three big ten teams in the top four
0: yeah I mean I think that that's fair Um, I, I feel like even this week I've started to kind of use my head a little bit and think more with my head and less with my heart so we'll see how that goes for us
1: I did have to do that a little bit Um, I was a little disappointed in myself for doing it, but I did have to kind of like, you know, stop being a a ridiculous person who had grudges against entire conferences, but we'll get into that. Let's start off with who we think are the top four teams in the world of college football. Last week, Jamie, you had Michigan. Oh my God, we got to talk about Michigan. Number one, number two was Georgia, number three was Ohio State, and number four was Washington. I had Ohio State at number one, Washington at number two, Michigan at number three, and Penn State at number four. Three Big Ten teams in my top four. I can tell you right now that is no longer the case. So, Jamie, let's count down from four to one each of our individual rankings. Again, you had Washington at number four last week. Who do you have as number four this week?
0: Okay, you know what? This is a really controversial pick, but I have Washington in my number four spot still. And here's my defense. This weekend against Arizona State was not pretty. It was a quite ugly game. Um, Michael Penix Jr. felt like a lock for the Heisman until this weekend. And then he went and threw two interceptions in their 15-7 win over Arizona State. But you know what? Oklahoma is the other team that I would consider slotting into to that number four spot instead. And they had the exact same thing. They had a huge win over Texas two weeks ago in a marquee game. And then they had a close call of their own this weekend against UCF. They had a really rough game from Dylan Gabriel. He threw three interceptions. Washington has three more games this season against ranked opponents. Oklahoma does not. So in my heart and thinking the way that the committee would think, Washington's going to edge out the Sooners um, as long as they can keep winning out in those big games. Um, Yeah.
1: I think that is an incredibly controversial pick. And I honestly cannot imagine how anybody in their right mind would put Washington at number four, saying that my number four team in the country is the Washington Huskies. So (laughs) I also have Washington at number four. Of course, I had him at number two last week. The game against Arizona State, not good. Arizona State was one and five coming into that game, but they really dominated that game. I mean, Washington, for all intents and purposes, won that game on like a nearly 90 yard pick six. They ended up putting a field goal on afterwards, but like Arizona State was driving to win the game and threw a pick six in the red zone. So they really got lucky. And of course, they made a great play. And, and you know, I'm not taking that away from them. But like a team that is competing for the Pac-12 title and a national championship should not only put up 288 yards against Arizona State. So I'm with you on that one. Number four, Washington Huskies. So you had Ohio State at number three last week. They beat a top 10 team in Penn State. Who do you have at number three this week?
0: Well, so here's here's where we have to get into the Michigan of it all. Is Michigan going to still be standing at the end of the season based on Spygate and not based on anything on the field? Like, if we remove Spygate from the discussion, then yes. Yeah. OSU is still in my number three spot right now um, because even though they have two marquee wins – Um, both of those were pretty ugly. I guess the Notre Dame, when I am here from what I hear secondhand, as you all know, I was fast asleep in London. Um, but my takeaway from this win over Penn state, like it didn't feel like a win to me. I watched that game and I just kind of kept shaking my head. Um, feeling like if that's, how we play in a marquee game against a very good Penn state team. And actually I feel this about Penn state too. Like both of those teams are in trouble against Michigan was my takeaway. So I've got them in that number three slot, but the Michigan of it all is up in the air. So they could, they could fix that. They could fix that for us.
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's interesting because we have not talked about the game we are both, if you are new to the show, both Ohio State alums. We both um, write over at LandGrantHolyLand.com. It's interesting. We have not talked about the game since it happened. I felt very differently about that game. I felt really good coming out of that game because I feel like we are so used to Ohio State's offense under Ryan Day being a literal death star and basically naming how many points they want to put up during the regular season. But then when it gets to the postseason, being let down by their defense, it's not exactly the polar opposite here, because I think the offense, I mean, when you look at statistically, they are still the best passing offense in the Big Ten. They are still a very good, good offense overall, just not as prolific it has been in years past. But the defense is now basically doing what the offense has done for the rest of Ryan Dade's tenure and just having basically doing it, you know, having its way with basically everybody that they were on the field with. So it was a little bit of a switch, but I also was encouraged by the fact that without its starting number two wide receiver and without its starting running back, the offense still was able to move the ball, especially in the second half. Kyle McCord was 11 for 14 after halftime. He did look pretty shaky in the first half. Um, not a nearly as accurate as CJ Stroud, who I think is going to probably go down as the, most accurate quarterback in the history of Ohio state football. And I think he very well possibly might have the best NFL career of any Ohio state quarterback, uh, save for Tom Tupa, who is an absolute legend. Um, now Matt,
0: Justin Fields is right there.
1: Look, I love Justin Fields and I hate that he got saddled with the, the, one of the most ineffective inner franchises. Well, that too. And just general franchises, uh, your Chicago Bears, but
0: yeah, that is not—it's not,
1: not Field's fault. That's a different conversation. That's a yes, different story. Is, different very much so. But like, I—I I actually think like we've seen su- stuff from Kyle McCord that I feel like it's going to continue to get it to get better. Uh, so I really feel really good coming out of that game. I mean, not great. I don't feel great. I feel really good. Um, and there's obviously a difference there. But well,
0: so here's my question for you, though: like, if Michigan can shut down Marv. They can't. Do we have an offense at all?
1: I, I absolutely think we, I think we do. I think
0: no run game, like
1: no run game. But with a Mecca healthy, if he's healthy, with Cade Stover, uh, I don't see any reason why they can't outscore Michigan based off of how good this defense is. Um, last year. Ohio, uh, in the Ohio State-Michigan game. Marvin Harrison Jr. had seven receptions for 120 yards. Emeka Ibuka had nine receptions for 125 yards. Both of them had a touchdown. Granted, C.J. Stroud was the quarterback. But they couldn't stop them last year. I don't think that they can stop them this year. I think they're just too good. Now, McCord won't be able to necessarily complete as many passes to them as C.J. Stroud did. C.J. was 31 for 48 for 349 yards. But he had those two touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, I don't think they will ask McCord to throw nearly as much, but I I I don't expect Ohio State to have to put up 46 points to beat Michigan, uh, like Michigan scored 45 last year. Like I just I, I don't think the defense is going to give up nearly as many points, and I think meeting in the middle is a is a good thing from where they were last year.
0: That's fair. Yeah, I think like I was watching, admittedly, watched the OSU Penn State game. Um, while live texting my uncle and cousin, my cousin went to Penn state. So the, the day started with a lot of trash talk and then it really just ended with like my uncle, my cousin, me and my dad all being cranky. Um, and like everyone was cranky with their own team. Everyone was cranky that like both teams kind of felt like they looked sloppy to us. And so I, I think, um, it was interesting that like my dad and I didn't really feel like we didn't feel like we had grounds to trash talk my cousin and my uncle based on that win.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think what's interesting about this team is it really is a Rorschach test from week to week as to how you feel uh, because they can do some things that are unequivocally awesome. And then some things that are unequivocally very much not awesome. But anyway, let's get back in my number three. Is a team that I have not had in my top four all season long. In fact, this is only the. Man, I think it's the first time all season I've had somebody from this conference. It is. It's the first time I've had somebody from this conference in my top four. And that is oh. the underdog woebegone be gone Georgia Bulldogs. I'm going to put them in at number three. They didn't play last week, so they didn't do anything to, like, earn it. It's just, like, everybody else kind of sucks. Like, I'm doing it by default because they're undefeated. They haven't beaten anybody still. But, like, you know, I I can't put... I've had North Carolina. I've had Colorado. I've had Texas. I've had Miami. um, I've had Michigan. They're not going to be in. We'll talk about that, I guess, a little bit uh, as well. I've had... um, Um, Penn State they're all gone like those teams are obviously not going to be in there so I have to find somebody else and it was Georgia so I didn't like it I don't feel good about doing it Jamie but I did it
0: it's interesting um, it's interesting I don't have them in mine but with a caveat and we'll get to that I think I have had them in pretty much every week like for that exact reason there's absolutely no world in which the committee is giving us a playoff field that doesn't have an SEC team. They are undefeated. Like, ultimately, they don't play anybody, but I still think they're probably a better team than a lot of the teams in the field. Um, It's tricky. With that said, I don't have them in my personal top four, and we'll get to that in a second. Okay.
1: Yeah, you um, had him at number 2, you had him at number 2 last week. So who do you have at number 2 this week if Georgia is no longer in the picture?
0: I have Michigan at number 2 this week. Um but that's the caveat. Is like is Michigan going to be allowed to make the playoffs?
1: I mean, look, we are recording this on Wednesday. So we haven't even really had time to dig into this new Washington Post story where basically an independent outside PI firm has had access to internal computers that show multiple Michigan coaches being involved in a a plan to steal signs. And they were going to spend up to $15,000 on travel and tickets for more than 40 games this season, including eight Ohio state games, four or five Georgia games um, it, it really is a pretty stark paper trail. And a lot of people are saying, well, how in the world did this PI firm get these, the you know access to these computers? I have not read the Washington Post or because like I said, it just came out before we started recording, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this was a PI firm that was involved in one of the other investigations that michigan has been under including most recently of matt weiss who was the offensive coordinator who was fired unceremoniously for what is being called computer access crimes we still have not really gotten any details on that but i'm going to go out on a limb and say that the investigation that led to the uncovering of the uh of the sign stealing came because of looking into computers on that jamie I
0: think that's a fair assessment. Um, Do you think that it precludes us from putting Michigan in our rankings, or do we need to wait a little bit to make that decision?
1: Uh, Spoiler alert: They're not in my rankings um, because of that. that Basically, for that reason, not because like. And we'll get to what we actually think as like the final four predictions. But for me, I am a bitter little baby and they are cheaters and cheaters, cheaters are no fun. Cheaters, cheaters. I don't know if that's what the rest of that is, but anyway, um, I'm not putting them in. I'm just not, it, it, it might be spite. It might be bitterness, but I'm not putting them in my top four when they so clearly have cheated for multiple years. And, um, that's really going to hurt them by not being in my personal top four rankings.
0: Yeah, I think like I am keeping them in my top four rankings for the time being. Um but you'll we'll get into that when we get to the what I think the actuals will be because I'm kind of predicting that this is gonna get ugly for them. Um, but as of right now, I don't feel like I have enough information to take them out of my personal top four when we get to the actual top four, we're predicting like based on what we think the committee is going to do at the end of the season. And so that's where I kind of get into that.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's very fair. All right. My number two team, it came down to two. It was really splitting hairs for me, but last week I had Washington at two and Ohio state at one. Washington fell down to number four. I put the team that I'd had in the previous time that we had done this. I brought them back in and that is the Florida state Seminoles. They are the only school really, I think that has a, a a pair of wins comparable to Ohio state's beating LSU. And, um, and I guess Clemson at the time was probably better than we thought, but they just beat Duke this past weekend. Who is, who is a good team, but they are, Um, the difference really is is the fact that they have had some pretty close wins against uh, teams that they probably shouldn't have, especially like Boston College, barely beating Boston College, probably should have lost. Ohio State did not beat teams by as much as they should have, but they have not been in a situation where they clearly were being pushed by a team far below them in terms of talent. So for me, that was the differentiation between Florida State and Ohio State. Um, it's interesting because when you look at like their, their rankings, they are kind of similar. Florida state is a much more offensive team than Ohio state is in terms of points per games. They are fifth in the country while Ohio state is 34th, but Ohio state on defense is third nationally in total points per game while Florida state is down at 20th. Still really good, obviously. But so I went ahead and did the Seminoles at two and, and spoiler alert, Ohio state at number one. Uh, based solely on the Boston College game, really, Jamie?
0: I think that's fair. I actually um, have Florida State as my number one team. I have admittedly shit all over them this season since that close call against Boston College. Um, and then that came followed by their overtime win over Clemson. And, you know, like you said, Clemson is probably a better team than we gave them credit for. But, um, You know what? This is a season where I don't think any team in this field is invincible. I don't think that there's a world in which Georgia couldn't drop a regular season game to nobody. Like, I I really do think this is one of those years where every single football game has to get played. There are a lot of unranked teams that on a great day could go lights out against a ranked team. There are a lot of ranked teams that have holes that can be exploited. I don't think this is a year where the number one seed or even the top four are really clear cut. I think it kind of is just the going to be the way the cookie crumbles when all is said and done. Um, And so that was part of the rationale for bumping Michigan down to number two out of that number one slot is Michigan hasn't played anybody. They won't until the last game of the season, even then all of their wins might have been vacated. Florida State has two marquee wins, including this 38 20 win this past weekend over a ranked Duke team. And, like, in a year where their ranked win over Duke felt more impressive to me than OSU's win over Penn State, like, I'm done hating on them. (laughs) That's kind of how I feel.
1: Yeah, I think that's very fair. It's interesting. Like, when you look at Georgia, they are the presumptive number one team in the country. Nobody really is arguing that on an actual like rankings perspective, but they play presumably their rival, the the Florida Gators this weekend in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, even though they don't call it that anymore. But then they have three straight SEC games to finish their conference schedule before they play Georgia Tech as their as their rivalry week game but even though like none of these three teams are like really in the conversation for a national championship, they're all still fighting for an sec championship and they're all ranked number 16, Missouri, number 12, Ole Miss and number 21, Tennessee. Obviously Tennessee's chances took a hit because they lost to Alabama last weekend, but like they're playing a rival this week in a neutral site game. Then they've got three ranked teams in a row. Like they very well could lose one and hell, maybe even two of those games. So I think that's very fair. I think all of our rankings are are, are sound and I don't think that there's uh, anything wrong with any of them. I, what's great about this is that this is a complete thought exercise and you could argue it either way. But I think that both of our slates have good thinking behind them, especially because we had three of the same four teams just kind of shuffled around a little bit.
0: Yeah. And in a year where, you know, like you just kind of explained so beautifully, like none of this is cut and dry. The the schedules are a lot of like unranked teams but rivalry games or unranked teams but on the or like ranked teams that are much lower and should be an easy win, but you've got them on the road at a tough site. There's a lot of teams that have to play Florida at the swamp, which like is not a thing I would want to do in this season where like it's, I don't, it's just not a given that you're going to go in there and beat them. I don't know. I think there's a lot, a lot up in the air and it really is still kind of anyone's pool.
1: Completely agree. All right, let's take a real quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about what we think the college football playoff committee will actually do following championship weekend to give us our actual four seeds to give us the actual four seeded teams. Heading into the playoff. Welcome back to Fame and Fortune and everything that goes with it your college football playoff and Heisman Trophy podcast from the Fans First Sports Network College Football feed. Jamie, we are now going to go from what our personal rankings are to what we think the actual CFP committee will pick in December when they assign the seeds for the playoffs. Last week, you had Michigan at number one, Georgia at number two, Washington at number three, and Ohio State at number four. I had Florida State at number one, Ohio State at number two, Oklahoma at number three, and Michigan at number four. Um, let's just kind of go with our four in order rather than going back and forth. Do you want me to start or do you want to start?
0: Um, you can go ahead and start.
1: All right. I have the Oklahoma Sooners at number four. I did not feel good about this. It was one of those process of elimination things where like, I, it's going to come down to either the big 12 or Pac 12 champion to me getting this, this spot, and if i looked at the the opportunities for those schools to lose oklahoma still very could well could lose they have to play texas probably again or very well likely could play them again in the championship game but everybody in the pac twelve there are so many good teams like i just i struggle to think that somebody is going to get out of there unscathed or even potentially with only one loss so i went with oklahoma at number 4 i did have florida state at number 1 last week But I dropped them down to number three here, mainly because there's just had a lot of close calls. And (coughs) and I'm also kind of looking at the schedule now and I'm thinking. Who do I think is going to win out? Who is probably going to be undefeated and how is the committee going to slot them? If the teams that I have ahead of them are undefeated as well, Florida State is clearly the third ranked team there. So I have them at number three. Last week I I had Ohio State at number two. I have kept Ohio State at number two, mainly because I think that they're gonna go undefeated. And they would be the number one team if Georgia did not go undefeated. But I think at this point I have to just resign myself to the fact that the Georgia Bulldogs, who I hate with a fiery passion, are probably gonna go undefeated at this point. At least that's what I'm gonna predict. I know your beloved Tennessee volunteers very well could pull the upset, but after seeing how they kind of imploded in the second half against Alabama. Didn't feel great about that. I don't think Alabama has enough firepower to beat Georgia if that's who they play in the SAC championship game. So I'm just gonna go Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, Florida State number three. I'm picking all three of those teams to be undefeated. And then I'm gonna go Oklahoma at number four. I'm not as confident about them being undefeated, but uh I think they will get the benefit of the doubt, mainly because I don't think Michigan's going to be eligible for the postseason. So they might be 11 and one and they might normally get that fourth spot, which is what I predicted last week. But if the big 10 or the, the university drops the hammer, that very well could mean that they lose out on a college football playoff berth, which would make me laugh hysterically and nothing could tickle me more than that. So,
0: our thinking is is actually pretty similar. We have the the order a little bit differently. Um, but my top four are in the number one spot, I have Georgia. In the number two spot, I have Florida State. Um, In the number three spot, I have Oklahoma. And I have OSU as number four. My reason being, I think Georgia, Florida State, and Oklahoma have the best chances to finish the season undefeated. And I think Ohio State will lose to Michigan, but I think Michigan will not be eligible, and so we will get in by default. Um, Okay. I I think the Washington... Like, Washington and Oklahoma, in my mind, are pretty evenly matched teams, Um, but Washington's schedule is insane for the rest of the season. Uh, They have Stanford this weekend, which they should win no problem, but then they have usc utah oregon state back-to-back weekends and then they play washington state to close out the season i don't see them getting through with an undefeated schedule i mean if they can if they win out there's they will absolutely be in that conversation but i just don't see them doing it because it's such a tough schedule back-to-back week after week um that really, it's, it's hard. It takes a lot out of you. It requires a lot of physicality. Um, And I kind of just see them cracking, especially because that Oregon state game is the last of the three against ranked opponents and will arguably be the toughest. Like I have a feeling they're going to get to that game and just kind of look tired and slow. Maybe they'll be riding the high of the momentum, but. um, Yeah, I think I don't see them getting through unscathed Oklahoma does need to be careful they've got Kansas on the road this weekend they have West Virginia which I think West Virginia is a better team than they get credit for in this season where no one feels like a professional football team um but ultimately I, I could see Oklahoma pretty easily going 7-0 and um and I just I think that Georgia doesn't play anybody and they're going to win the games that they do play against like a Tennessee against an Alabama. Um, And I think Michigan has OSU at the end of the season. And I think that they'll win. So if they are eligible, that changes my rankings, but um, I don't think they will be. So I'm taking them out. And I think OSU at that point will then have two other marquee wins to stand on and they'll get in if they're the one loss team, you know, if their only loss is then to Michigan, I have no problem with them slotting in there.
1: Yeah. And by that point, they presumably, if they are, if that's their only loss, they will have beaten Wisconsin in the regular season. They'll have beaten a pretty solid Rutgers team, a decent Minnesota team, and then potentially Wisconsin or Iowa in the big 10 championship game. So they'll have some other really good wins to give them a, a leg to stand on as the fourth team. All right, let's turn our attention over to the Heisman trophy. And this is getting interesting, Jamie, because for a while we were kind of like contracting, uh, Heisman trophy candidates from our picks, but I feel like I've added people back in and added a new name into this conversation And now we might have as many people as we've had, at least from my perspective, uh, all season. Um, I think it actually ties what we've had as as our high. So I'll go ahead and start and add in my name, who has not been a part of this conversation at all. I imagine he is on your list as well, because he is the wide receiver for our alma mater, Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I think what he has done in the last three, four weeks reminds people why he is the best wide receiver in the country. He did start a little slowly at the beginning of the season. Part of that was because of Kyle McCord being his quarterback. Uh, He had to get used to playing at college. Obviously, those two played high school football together. So even if Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't the best wide receiver in college football, uh, he probably would end up being McCord's go-to guy anyway. Um, But I think at this point, like there really isn't anybody else who is in the discussion to win the Heisman Trophy, who is not a quarterback. And I think Marvin Harrison Jr. has a legitimate chance to win this award if things like you mentioned earlier, Michael Penix Jr. throwing two interceptions and uh, giving up a fumble this past week, or Dylan Gabriel throwing multiple interceptions. So I, uh, I'm going to throw uh, Marv in there, not calling him Maserati Marv because that is just a horrible nickname. Uh, but I think he's a legitimate candidate, so I'm going to have him in my list this week.
0: You absolutely read my mind. Um, I wish you could see the group chat that we had with our family yeah. where we just were like ragging on the announcers for the nickname Masar- Maserati Marv. We're not just calling hard. him that, but he absolutely deserves to be in this conversation. Um, and he is my only non-quarterback on my list.
1: Yeah. I think he's absolutely. the only one
0: who really got a any sort of viable option. Um, and I do think that the quarterbacks that seemed like they were going to kind of skate into that top four, Caleb Williams had a terrible game. Michael Penix Jr. Has had a terrible game. Dylan Gabriel has had a terrible game, like many turnovers in the same game against unranked opponents. It, yeah. I think that that, that alone means that none of those quarterbacks that we thought were probably shoe-ins or shoe-ins anymore.
1: Yeah, and it makes it interesting, and it gives us Ohio State fans something to root for. So, um, all right, so let's just go ahead and name who you've got, and I'll add anybody else in because I think at this point they're all quarterbacks. We know who's in the in the conversation. So, you tell me who you have, and if there's anybody left over on my list, we'll go from there.
0: Yeah, so uh, I've got JJ McCarthy in there. Do we think? that this stuff that's coming out about michigan like is that can is that going to cost him a heisman
1: i don't think he's going to win it either way even though he does i believe have the best odds right now um i i don't think it's going to cost him a heisman and i also mm. don't think that I, I don't think it's going to cost him uh an invite a finalist invite either if he deserves it. Uh I don't think that they are going to hold the players accountable for the sins of their coaches in this respect. The NCAA does that far too often and punishes the players even in in the past when the coaches have been gone. So I but I don't think that's going to happen in this case. Um I just I don't think that he's going to end up being a a legitimate contender at the end of the season, but I actually do have him in the conversation now, but when he actually has to play competent defenses like Penn state, like Ohio state, I don't see him remaining in the mix, but I did have him in this week as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have him on my list. I had him on there last week as well. Um, Yep. And I think, I mean, I think given the uh, weeks that Michael Penix jr. And Dylan Gabriel had, we have to at least consider him. Um, I've got Jordan Travis in there. We've had him in there in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, No change there for me. I think especially if they can eke out a um, playoff spot, that really kind of positions him well to get himself to New York, especially with how well he's been performing statistically this season. Um, And then I've got Bo Nixon there. I, you know, Oregon's a good team. They've got some, and he's looked more consistent than some of the other guys who are still on this list. You know, I've, I've got Michael Penix jr and Dylan Gabriel in there, but I think both of them are going to have to step up in a really big way after the week that they just had. Um, and yeah, I, so that's my list as it stands.
1: Um, the only other player that I have to add is the same player that I added, Last week as well, and that is LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. He is still number two behind Michael Penix Jr. by three yards this season. He is number three in yards per game. He is number one in yards per attempt by almost a full yard over Jalen Milroe. He is number one in the country in terms of touchdown passes. He is number one by a considerable margin in terms of quarterback rating. He just like numbers wise, he's really good. I, I, I think if he makes the sec championship game that he still can be in there, but I think a third loss would probably make it difficult. But if they are able to beat Alabama when they play on November 4th, I think that makes him a, a far more legitimate contender. But if they lose that game, I think he's out. But for now I'm going to have, um I'm going to have him in.
0: I think that's extremely valid. Um, I, I think the two losses hurt him a little bit, but I mean, you just explained yes. very clearly like, a great path to New York. so I don't think it's I don't think it's impossible, especially if they can like tack a few great wins in there and he continues to put up the stats that he's putting up.
1: All right, that's where we're at. Maybe we'll we, we might have to kind of pivot a little bit next week as things start get to as things start to get real in the heisman race and then we actually get real life college football playoff rankings as well but for now those are our personal preferences in terms of who we think should be in the college football playoff who we think actually will be in the college football playoff and then who we think deserves conversation for the heisman trophy If you are finding us somewhere other than your podcast platform of choice, make sure that you subscribe to the Fans First Sports Network College Football Feed. We are bringing you loads of different content with a ton of really exciting hosts. You should be listening to every single one of these episodes. I highly recommend it. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us at Fans First SN. You can follow me at Matt. You can follow Jamie at Jamie Urich, J-A-M-I-J-U-R-I-C-H. All right, everybody, have a wonderful rest of your week. We're going to be looking at a brand new college football world next week when we have real-life college football playoff rankings to dissect. And maybe by then, who knows, we're going to have about like 17 more bombshells in this Michigan case. So lots to discuss. Check back with us next week and enjoy the games on Saturday.